The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. We live in a world that increasingly trusts only what it can see with its own eyes. Scientists, secularists, and skeptics claim that the world we see around us is the full extent of reality. However, reality is very different. The God of heaven reveals that there is a different world, a spirit realm, that lies for the most part beyond our senses, veiled from the world of our eyes and ears, but which is very, very real, in some ways more real than our own. Today on Tomorrow's World, we will lift the veil on this hidden world and discuss what the Bible reveals about that realm and what it means for you. Join us today as we explore the world of angels and demons. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. It's a delight to have you here, and today's topic is a fascinating subject. We will take a small peek today into what the eternal God says about the very real realm of angels and demons. Also, we'll give everyone watching today a chance to request a free expose of a startling truth concerning the shocking presence of the devil in Christian churches today. It's titled, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity, and it's free to everyone who requests it today. So be sure to watch carefully for the order information that will appear on your screen. Are angels and demons real? Do they exist? Many today are fascinated by them, to be sure. In our movie theaters today, movies with demonic images and themes depicting malevolent entities from the spirit realm are very popular. Also, in a seemingly more pleasant front, images of angels often appearing as beautiful women or handsome men are manufactured as statues, paintings, and decorations to fill our homes and give us a sense of spiritual connection. Now, some say angels are harmless fantasies like unicorns or leprechauns. Others devote a great deal of passion and attention to what they believe to be angelic guides or their personal guardian angels. Are such practices safe? If angels exist, where'd they come from? What are they like? Should we seek to contact such beings? We want to answer these questions for you today. But how? How can we understand anything about a world which remains veiled to our physical senses? We're not unlike Elisha's servant in 2 Kings in chapter 6. The ancient prophet Elisha was surrounded by an army sent by the king of Syria to arrest him, and his servant was terrified. Yet Elisha was unfazed. Starting in verse 16, we read that he says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. 
he knew that they were protected by the invisible army of the Lord, beings of flame and fire, invisible to human eyes, yet always present and ready to intervene and protect at the command of God on behalf of those who are His. Science can't reveal much about the spirit realm, as it lies beyond the reach of both the telescope and the microscope. Yet neither should we turn to mediums, spiritists, or the occult, dangerous spiritual practices that are soundly condemned in the Bible as an abomination. Rather, turn to God's Word. The Bible, God Himself in the Bible, teaches all we need to know of the angelic realm. For instance, God says in His Word that He crafted the angels as spirit beings to serve as His ministers or messengers and servants, serving those whom He is calling to inherit salvation in His family. When were they created? We read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 the famous first words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yet turn to the book of Job in chapter 38. Here, where God is declaring His greatness before Job and describing the creation of the world, He asks the patriarch Job, beginning in verse 4, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Well, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. We see here that the morning stars or sons of God, the angels of heaven, were already in existence and shouted for joy as they saw the foundation of this physical world being laid. We'll delve deeper and allow the Bible to draw back the curtain on this fascinating realm but first, I want to take a few moments to give you an opportunity to request your own free copy of one of our most requested and revealing booklets, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This information documents that Satan the devil has infiltrated Christianity in ways and to a depth that many would find unimaginable. The proof is irrefutable. The walls of Christianity were breached long ago and the fingerprints of the devil on the faith are present to this day in the belief and practices of millions. The booklet is absolutely free with no strings attached. It is one of the most astonishing booklets you will ever read. Don't fail to request your own copy today. For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina. 28227 or call this toll-free number 1-800-493-5437 that number again is 1-800-493-5437 with this offer you will also receive your free subscription to tomorrow's world magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World Magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. 
We've just begun a tour of the angelic realm, peeking through the various windows provided by the Word of God. There truly is much mentioning in the Bible concerning these things. But let's continue surveying what we can. We've noted that the angelic realm was created before this physical creation for the purposes of serving God's purposes in it, in particular serving mankind under His direction. And the Bible depicts angels serving in many ways, comforting Christ after His 40 days of fasting, delivering the Apostle Peter from prison, visiting destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah. But it also says that often their service goes unknown and unrecognized, as the Apostle Paul mentions in Hebrews 13:2, In their work to serve those called to inherit salvation in the family of God, generally angels do not call attention to themselves and do not want our attention. They remain invisible behind the scenes, for our focus should be on God, not His angelic servants. Now, more than just their service, the Bible discusses the appearance of some of these beings, and often their appearance differs wildly from the image we see in various porcelain figurines or tombstone statues. For instance, in Ezekiel chapter 1, the prophet is given a vision of a whirlwind and the very throne of God being escorted by four amazing angelic beings. Elsewhere in this book, these beings are called cherubim, which is the plural of cherub. Now, often when you hear the word cherub, images of cute, chubby little infants with wings are called to mind, depicted on literally thousands of paintings and statues and Christmas ornaments. Is this image accurate? Read how Ezekiel describes these cherub beings serving at the very throne of God. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. Their wings stretched upward. Two wings of each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies. Their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. Clearly, these cherubs are far from the small, naked, winged children depicted in artwork, which is a ludicrous perversion of the spiritual reality. In addition to the cherubim, Scripture describes another angelic variety, the seraphim, as similarly exotic. The prophet Isaiah records those beings as having not two or four, but six wings, with one pair covering their face, one pair covering their feet, and one pair used for movement. These are not the beings we see depicted in popular artwork or statuary. The Bible also speaks of a hierarchy amongst these angels, with some called archangels, meaning an angel of some authority over other angels. For instance, the angelic servant Michael is called an archangel in Jude 9. God's Word tells us 
that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and does things decently and in order. So it should be no surprise that his angelic realm is orderly and structured. Another revealing passage concerning the spirit realm is found in the book of Daniel. The Jewish prophet Daniel, living as a captive servant under the king of Persia, had been seeking God through fasting and prayer for a number of weeks when he was visited by an angelic being and given a vision. We can pick up the story in Daniel 10, beginning in verse 5. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Now, those who were with Daniel did not see the vision, but were overcome with a terror they could not explain and ran away, leaving the prophet alone. Now, Daniel himself feels weak at the angel's presence, but the spirit being strengthened and encouraged him and explained why he was there. Daniel writes, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Wow. We see here a small picture painted of a world behind our world. The angel had been sent to give him the vision from the first day Daniel began seeking God through fasting and prayer three weeks before. But he was hindered by another angelic being called here the king of Persia until he was assisted by the powerful archangel Michael. The indication here is that the angelic realm is not unified, that there is a powerful division in which those who represent God are resisted in their efforts by others. Now, to be sure, God's will is always accomplished when He wants it accomplished. But we must note here that not every angelic creation of God is working for His will. Some are in opposition to His will. How did it come to be so? Did God purposefully create individual spirit beings who would resist Him? That doesn't seem to make sense. And yet, as we've seen and will see further, the angelic realm is divided. There are those angels who love and serve the Creator and mankind, and those who are bent on the destruction of mankind, tempters who desire to pull men away from God and serve themselves. How did the angelic realm come to be in such a state? That fascinating tale will be the focus of our next segment. But first, let me make sure you have another opportunity to request one of our most popular booklets, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Many millions of people believe they're worshiping Jesus Christ, not realizing that as Jesus himself said, they worship him in vain. The devil who deceives the whole world has cast a spell of deception and delusion over the entire Christian world that is shocking in scope and yet which is completely exposed by God's Word. 
Call, write, or click right now to request your free copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org. Welcome back. We've just seen that the book of Daniel indicates that the angelic realm is not unified. There are righteous angels who work under God, obedient to His will and serving His wishes. But there are also those who are in opposition to God and to mankind, resisting God's will, however infinitely unwise such a choice might be. How did it come to be so? The circumstances explained in Scripture in several places, most notably in two key prophecies in Isaiah and Ezekiel. Let's look first at Isaiah in chapter 14, where the prophet is used of God to speak of an angelic being named Lucifer who corrupts himself through pride and envy. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Described here is an angelic being who, full of vanity and pride, actually decided to rebel against his very creator and to take the very throne of God himself. This angelic rebellion is mentioned also in Ezekiel in chapter 28. After pronouncing a prophecy against the human prince of the kingdom of Tyre, the prophet is then used by God to speak directly to the spiritual being behind the human ruler, called in that prophecy the king of Tyre. God says to this fallen angel in verse 12, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Here we see the powerful being who was Lucifer described in detail, a being of amazing wisdom, intelligence, talent, and beauty who, full of pride and consumed with his wheeling and dealing amongst the angels, becomes filled with a mindset of violence and a spirit of rebellion until he is stirred to move against the very throne of God himself. In doing so, he was no longer Lucifer, which could be translated Lightbringer, but became the being we now know as Satan the devil or the adversary.
The book of Revelation may indicate that he gathered a third of the angels with him in his rebellion against heaven, but they were cast back to the earth in restraint until the events prophesied to be just ahead of us. The Bible refers to these rebellious angels as his angels or the devil's angels and calls them by the term demons. From here on earth, they continue in their positions of spiritual authority amongst the kingdoms of the world, tempting mankind and resisting the plan of God, however futile such an effort will eventually be. As the devil tells Jesus Christ during the Lord's temptation in the wilderness, the kingdoms of this world have been given to the devil during this age, and he gives them to whomever he wishes. How does the rebellion in the spirit realm impact those of us who live in this physical realm? How does it affect you and me today in our lives? We'll discuss the answers to these questions in our final segment. But first, I feel compelled to give you one more opportunity to request this week's free booklet before the offer ends. God warns us all that the devil has deceived the entire world and has substituted what the Apostle Paul called another Jesus and a different gospel for the true Jesus Christ of the Bible and the gospel message that he preached. The deception is subtle, but it is devastating and pervasive, infecting Christian worship all over the world and leaving no one untouched. This powerful free booklet is one of our most demanded resources and exposes the deception of this powerful demonic entity for what it really is. If you're interested in sincerely understanding and worshiping God free of deception and in spirit and truth, then you need this booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. It is completely free. Request your copy today. For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. Or call this toll-free number, 1-800-493-5437. That number again is 1-800-493-5437. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We noted in our previous segment that the angelic realm is not unified. There are angels submissive to God in serving His will and purposes, and there are demons, the angels who have rebelled against their Creator and work with Satan the devil. The difference between the beings is clearly demonstrated in Scripture. For example, consider that the devil, during the temptation of Jesus Christ, earnestly strove to convince Jesus to bow down and worship him. While twice in the book of Revelation, when the apostle John is overwhelmed by the vision and falls at the righteous angel's feet, that angel responds that he should not do that. In chapter 19 and verse 10, for instance, the angel tells John, see that you do not do that. 
I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. The angels of God are not interested in worship, nor even attention. It is only the demonic world of fallen angels that crave our attention and our focus. Once again, God condemns in no uncertain terms using the occult or spiritism and New Age practices to attempt to experience the spirit realm. Only demons and fallen angels desire such attention, and that is all that would await you in such efforts. That is one of the things that is so damaging about the trend in popular Christian culture to glorify images of angels in statues and paintings, to decorate our homes with such statuettes, and to adorn ourselves with such jewelry bearing angelic images. Not only are these images a far cry from many of the descriptions we've read today, but they also violate the second of God's Ten Commandments, where he tells us we are not to craft images of beings in heaven for religious purposes and sentiment. The righteous angels of God are not interested in being depicted or worshipped or in being the objects of any kind of devotion. It's the demon world that wants us focused on them, that wants our attention and our devotion. The New Testament as well clearly and unequivocally condemns the worship of angels. It's the eternal head of that spirit realm. God the Father, Jesus Christ, who alone deserve our attention, devotion, and our affections. Some have thought that angels are not original creations of God, but are the souls or spirits of departed humans. Nothing could be further from the truth. God's Word explains that mankind is destined for something far greater than anything we will ever see in the angelic realm. Consider the testimony of the Apostle Paul, who says that mankind is to rule all of creation, including the angels themselves. It's no wonder that Satan and the demons hate humanity. God intends that mankind eventually glorified in the kingdom of God as his very children will become the angel's judge, sitting in rulership of the entire universe as inheritors of all of existence. Everything that Satan the devil wanted to seize for himself through violence, deception, competition, and rebellion against his creator, mankind has the opportunity to freely inherit through love, submission, faith, and obedience to that same loving creator. This marvelous plan, cosmic in scope and glorious in nature, Satan the devil has corrupted in the teachings of Christianity today, replacing that beautiful plan and purpose of God with a false hope and subtly deceptive teachings, which are sadly proclaimed every week in the pulpits of our cathedrals and our churches. Please don't forget to request today's free booklet, which documents the devil's presence in today's Christianity in startling detail. And don't forget to come back next week right here to Tomorrow's World. Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be right here next week to share with you amazing truths from your Bible and the hope of the kingdom of God. Between programs, 
be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and on our websites for an abundance of resources to help you understand the remarkable truth about your purpose in life and your walk with your Creator. Until next week, take care. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.